Recording in progress. Okay. Uh, today is Sunday, February 19th, 2023. And it's a very sad day. Uh, a good chaver of mine, a God of Israel, Yerei Shemayim, has gone on to a better world. Uh, and I dedicate this year and so much to say, so many memories, uh, Rav Abba Brandspiegel. Uh, Abba and I uh, basically uh, spent many formative years together. He was the survivor who went through the hell of the Shoah. And he came from very important Gerach uh, Hasidish background. The famous Gera Rebbe, the Re'em, Rabavra Mordechai, who was the third Gera Rebbe, that's the son of the Sfat Emet. Um, the third Gera Rebbe during his time, Ger had millions of Hasidim, hundreds of thousands. It was the biggest Hasid in the greater Polish area. The Gera Rebbe used to stand up for Abraham's, for Abba, for Abba's uh, grandfather. Why did he stand up for Abba's grandfather? Because uh, he was the Malamid Dardiki of the Gera Rebbe. He taught him how to read, taught him Chumish. He was his first Rebbe. And that's what Avram, what Abba came from, Avram Abba Branspiegel, but we knew him as Abba. Um, he had an older brother, Joe, Joe Brown, he Americanized his name, I've spoken about him. They survived, uh, Nebuch, they were both skinny, uh, you could see that during their formative years they didn't eat properly, they were short and skinny. His older brother was a photographer, he uh, was, didn't have the intellectual ability Avram Abahan. And he in the Bronx was a popular photographer at uh, Bar Mitzvah's weddings. He's the story I told you that he once got into an argument with a woman about what she owed him. And uh, he said to her, Du bist nicht mehr wie know, You're not more than a woman. Who are you to argue with me? And she took him to Din Torah before Rabbi Moshe Bick. I've told you the story. Rabbi Bick found him guilty and fined him. I forgot what the sum was, maybe $25, but it was a substantial sum of money he had to give the woman for insulting her. So, uh, and Avram Abba, we went, uh, we were in college together, the Rav Shia together, and uh, he, he had a terrific mind in learning and when he eulogized the Rav, you had to know Avram Abba to appreciate this. He said, the Rav said to him, uh, Abba, it's shame sight that you should go to Bernard Revel and get a doctorate. And if you knew uh, Rabbi Branspiegel, the concept of a doctorate seemed very distant from him. And uh, when he mentioned it during his husband uh, for the Rav and why you, everyone broke into laughter. But that, that, that captures the Rav and it captures uh, Rabbi Branch because he was a wonderful Rebbe, a beloved Rebbe, dedicated to his students. Later in life, after many years at the yeshiva, he uh, was upset. Uh, I remember I met him on the streets of Borough Park and he took me to his house and uh, 
he was upset with Rabbi Lamb. Uh, I, I, he opened up one of Rabbi Lamb's books, and he shows. I, 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 I would say very simply that uh, Rabbi Norman Lamb was too broad for him, uh, because Chasva Khalila, Reb Nachum Lamb, Norman Lamb was a Eurasian by him a thousand percent. But Abba then left, and he was the founding Rosh Yeshiva of Lander College. Uh, Lander College was built on. Rabbi Braunschweigel and Rabbi Parnas, who left YU. And uh, Avraham, uh, Avraham Abba, the famous story, his shidduch, which is worthy of a movie, uh, I believe I've told it over the decades, but I'll tell it again. Um, he was single, he was not married. Um, rabbi Belkin did a tremendous chesed. He made him the rabbi of Stern College. And Avram Haba had to be in the Stern College. I mean, maybe they had an apartment from whatever, but he had to be at Stern College every Shabbat. He was the rabbi. I understand that one of the reasons that Rabbi Belkin, I imagine, in consultation with Mori Rebbe, the Rav, was that maybe he'll meet a, uh, a girl there, meet a young lady, and get married. But how did Avram Haba get married? He had a chavruta in Mir. Mir then was in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, East New York. It uh, was at that end of the, uh, uh, at the borough of um, East New York already is Brooklyn. And uh, it's a dangerous area. So to play safe, you would sit near the conductor. And Avram Abba every day at the same time or three times a week was going to learn with his chavruta. And he got to know the conductor, uh, an Afro-American, chubby, cheerful. And uh, one time this Afro-American says to him, Rabbi, how come you're not married? And Avram Abu had a bit of cynicism in him, responded, uh, when you suggest a lady for me, I'll marry her. The next time he's on the train, the conductor says, Rabbi, I have a suggestion for him. He gives him a little stickle papier, a little piece of paper, with a name on it, Miriam Monk, with her phone number. Turns out that this lady from France, her father was the, uh, the famous Rabbi Monk from France, uh, her older sister was married to Chief Rabbi Jacobowitz, then Rabbi Jacobowitz, not yet Chief Rabbi. Uh, she would later become Lady Jacobowitz. Uh, so uh, the youngest sister was studying in Beishakov, also at the other end of Brooklyn, taking a, a seminary courses, courses that were not available in France. And she too sat near the conductor, and the conductor said, I have someone for you. She said, fine, go ahead. And uh, lo, lo, P.S., they got married. At the wedding, I laid a postscript. The rub was Masada condition. So we were sitting at the table with our chevre, with, with uh, Tover and Rabarin. And uh, oh, it was a memorable wedding. And uh, the rub's daughter says, quote, my father should not have been Masada Kedushin. The conductor should have been Masada Kedushin. And I still remember dancing. We were dancing around the conductor. He was dancing with Abba, and we were all dancing around them. And it was a, it was a moment in time. Ye yes, Yoma. 
Shapchan it now. I I don't I'm sure he gave him a gift. I I, I don't know. He was a fine, upright gentleman. What do you give him? A bottle of liquor, etc. But uh, that I can't testify on. Unfortunately, Miriam died young, and uh, I was one of the few people, if not the only one, I have to say, who was at both her burial here and the Shivrim Borough Park. So you look at me, what am I talking about? The burial was on Friday. Um, Avraham Abba did not come. He was in New York. He had, if I recall correctly, two sons studying here, maybe at me, maybe at Brisk. They were at the funeral here, and uh, he stayed behind, and it happened to be that that Saturday night I left for America. I think I had to speak or something on behalf of Shvetami, Russian jury, and the first thing I did when I got to the States was Lenachim Avel. And there already you saw the difference. We all grew up in YU, and here at the Nichem Avel, uh, there was an Eintritt for Mena and an Eintritt for Freuden. There were signs up on his house in Borough Park, men are tend to hear, women are tend to hear. So you can see uh, the, what, what happened in the course of time. But anyway, uh, all this freedom of choice, uh, he later had difficulty. There was a second marriage, and she insisted on remaining in Israel. I was involved in the second marriage, actually. And um, she didn't want to leave Israel. He didn't have a place here. And uh, he went back to America. They got divorced. The third marriage, I understand, worked out very well. And... Uh, she understood that uh, Abba's place is in, 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 you know, in YU at the time, and afterwards land the college, that was his home. And I have to respect that because I was just talking with one of my grandsons on Shabbos, and uh, he also such, teaches at Shalavim, and there are also foreign students, and it's the problem of what age can you hit them over the head to come in Aliyah. And uh, life experiences taught me you either get them young or get them old. It's very hard in the middle of life. In other words, either they retire to Israel, which is also important because it brings in money and people come to visit, and generally those who retire have children here and grandchildren here, or you get them young uh, when they're ready to start out life, ready to network here, underline that word. But in the middle of life, it's very hard to come to someone who may be spiritually and intellectually committed Zionist, but he's a medical doctor, he's at Columbia Presbyterian, he's at some other good hospital, he has his place, his community, the language, everything that goes with it, and he's not not anxious to pick up, pick up and leave at that time. So uh, Avram Abba, I, I still remember that period where we tried to help him here and find his place here, but uh, it didn't work out. In my own case, I came here basically young enough and uh, with what happened here with BMT and the Torah Culture Department, it, it, they, it was a revolution here and they needed someone who could create a revolution in his own life. And I, that was the right, for me, it was a minishamayim zachiti. All right, I just want to say it hurts me greatly and uh, that, that beautiful picture, 
that I, uh, of all my, I considered my greatest achievement. I just got an email this morning, uh, my dear student, uh, Gedalia Friedenberg in the Muncie area, put in a whole article about my work in Revlesa Suva and what the Novomins had to say about it. But if you ask me, my greatest achievement was identifying everyone in the class of 1960. And what hurts is <laughs> very few of us are left standing upright. And I, once again, I plead if there's someone who wants to really do something interesting, take that picture and trace the 29 students described there or identified. What became of them? And it's a fabulous challenge because you have in that picture the right wing of YU in the future, including Abba Braunschweigel, the centrists, the leftists, or Berman, etc. And then you have to deal with how could the Rav raise so many different type of students who all related to him as Mori Rebbe, as their Rebbe Mufak. And I'll, I'll, God should help me. I, I should... I'll give you a letter from the Rav to Yitz Greenberg that will explain everything to you and maybe listen to a few lectures from Rakefer on the Rav going back uh, in time. It'd be a fabulous volume. The Class of 1960 revisited. Okay, let me move on. I have a world I want to accomplish. Um, relating to Monday class, I just want to say briefly that uh, I was correct, exactly correct. Uh, we checked with Rabbi Miller, and he recorded a message for me, and it's word by word what I told you, that uh, Rabbi Miller says to the Rav, can I go to opera? And the Rav says, what's the Shaila? And he says, Kalisha. And the Rav says, you know what Kalisha is about? And the Rav walks away. So uh, what I said on Monday was correct. I think Jack had an air of hapashia. He, he, uh, excuse me. And Yomo says that the Rev ended by saying, and I also don't know. <laughs> okay. And I, I will talk further tomorrow, but I just want to make it clear that my memory was correct. Jack had an air of hapashia. The fiddler on the roof is a different story, but li leave it for tomorrow. Now, the New York Times had a very, very, very nice article a few days ago on the Erev in Brooklyn. And some of you know I spent uh, over two years on the problem of Erev, years ago already, but those were very important lectures, very important sheyurim. I recall I began, why do Jews fight so strongly over putting up an Erev? And uh, you have Kehila after Kehila where World War III was fought on the era. Uh, the greatest example is London, where I uh, davened in, uh, in, in the shul in the Golders Green, and uh, they, you see the rules of the shul. Anyone who samach on the Erev cannot have an aliyah on Shabbos. I don't know today, monk, what was called monk shul, I think. It was a fallout from the monk family. And uh, they tell a story of a man came in with a cane, and uh, the, 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 the rabbi found out after davening that they had given him an aliyah, he made them do the whole Kriyat HaTorah again. People swore to me the story is true. 
And we spent a good few years on uh, a Riven and Y and Rep. Meisha Feinstein, Rep. Menasha Klein. And I have to say, this New York Times article written by uh, Joseph Berger. Berger is retired today. I, I never met him. I've heard a little bit about him. He's a survivor who, if I'm not mistaken, went to RJJ, took in the immigrant children, and he is one of them. I know he has a sister, they tell me, in Riverdale, who's totally, totally observant. But he, he knows, he understands. And the article in Arab with the map that now it includes almost all of Brooklyn. And uh, they interview people. It's, all I can say is, for the old timers at the New York Times, they're probably very upset but Yiddishkeit Baruch Hashem is here to stay. And I just show you beautiful pictures of uh, this couple and wh how much it means to them. They can wheel, wheel a baby carriage on Shabbos and they interview. And what's interesting is Chabad is also involved. And that takes us back to our lectures. I don't want to spend time. But if you recall, the Rebbe was very, very opposed to building an Erev. But I quote Rakefet, uh, and I said this 30, 40 years ago already, that once Muncie, the first day of in America, Reb Meisha approved, was Muncie. Afterwards, it was Kew Garden Hills. Muncie was the son-in-law of Rabbi Tendler. Kew Garden Hills was Rabbi Schoenfeld. And I said at the time, once you have an Arab and people can carry on Shabbos, Ultimately, you will never have a community without an Arab. And, uh, and uh, Norm, you have in Atlanta, all over today, Arab, all right. It's, I don't want to repeat my Sheyurim, but thank God we have the Chazonish. Everyone, everyone gives credit to uh, Rabbi Menashe Klein. Rabbi Menashe Klein is not the only one you have to give credit to. The Chazonish's viewpoint that the big buildings form a Mechitza you go to Brooklyn, wherever you go, you're going to find that uh, you have big buildings next one next to another. When you talk 10th fucking, what do you do with a 20-story building, a 30-story building? 10th uh, fucking is, is a house, period. The, the, every house is more than 10. Every private house is more than 10th fucking. So, Baruch Hashem, yesh al smoke, but it's a beautiful article in the New York Times. And I remember the Rav saying, I actually think I quote the Rav uh, in, in, in one of my, in my work on the Rav, where he said, ah, the New York Times has always reformed, conservative, who's interested in orthodox, they don't exist. Oh, I know where I quote him, with uh, the interview with Yudushalmi about Chabad, when they asked the Rav about Chabad and what they've accomplished, he said one of their accomplishments, they put orthodoxy back on the map, you can't dismiss us. You have to already interview Orthodox Rabbanim as well. Now, coming back to what we're concerned with here, um, when I quoted from Aseilach HaRav, Rav Chaim David HaLevi, Chief Rabbi Eftav of Liv, in relation to dyeing the beard, it was Chelek Sheni. Remember I told you I didn't have, I had the tshuva, the tshuva, now let me just see that I can read it properly, the tshuva is... Nun, 50, and it's Haselech HaRav Chelek Sheni. I also mentioned that Chief Rabbi uh, uh, David Halevi, 
I taught his daughter, and uh, I got an email from Rabbi, my dear student, son of a student whose father's yard site just was, as I saw in Torah tidbits, Rabbi Yeshua Grunstein, that, that Nitzchia Halevi married, but her name didn't change much. She married Rav Shlomo Levi, and she became from Halevi, she became Levi. And the, for many years, he has been Rosh Kolo at the Gush for many years. And uh, Rabbi um, Grinstein sent me a picture at the brick of his son, eldest son, I gather. There is Rabbi Lichtenstein, and all at the end is Rabbi Levi, the son-in-law of Rav David Halevi. So fascinating picture, a moment in time, and Chelek Bet is correct. Now, coming back, I have, I want to finish up today uh, shaving and move on, but I just want to show you, first of all, when you come to the prohibition, I call the Chumash again, the Varim Chavbet Pasakei, Lo yekli geva alisha, velo yibash gevesim latisha, ki toavat Hashem elokecha kolose eila. Well, when you look into the Targum, look in and you'll see he speaks about women putting on Targum Yonatan Ben I'm talking about. He speaks about women putting on sitzes and tefillin that this is the Isha the Oraita, and he says the example of the man being the Isha, that shaving under your arm. He has other examples, but imagine the prohibition of shaving under your arm according to the Targum Yonatan ben is right, right there in the Torah. Okay, but... Coming back to uh, the tshuva of the Sri Deyesh, it's the longest tshuva I know of that has been written on this topic, and it's encyclopedic in what it quotes. Uh, yes, yes, Norm. So uh, how about if, uh, an athletic swimmer, since we just, uh, a champion swimmer, they shave all the hair off their body. Okay, so it, it could be you can make a case, and this is what we oh, yeah. saw. If, 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 if the men do this, like you are saying, it could be in that case it's not just women. It's men in this type of circumstance. This is minigamakam. So it could be you can make a case like that. Uh, but I, I just want to go one step further. The Sri uh, Deyesh quotes a very fascinating sefer, and I want to say a few words about it, and then I want to quote from it. We're talking today about one of the greatest uh, Rabbanim Bikiyim of the 19th century, Rab Chaim Chizkiyahu Medini. He was born in Yerushalayim, 1834, died in Hebron, 1904. Now, this was an individual born in Yerushalayim, Sephardic individual, learning, 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 never forgetting anything he learned. He tried to avoid going into the rabbinate, but uh, like all uh, Rabbanim, 
you don't succeed in business, you must go into the rabbinate. And uh, he was in Turkey, and, and then afterwards came to Hebron, and Hebron then had two, two rabbinic presences. One presence was Rav Medini, and the other presence was Chabad. And uh, they were influenced. There was uh, polonization on both sides. Now, what is Rav Chaim Cheskiyah Medini famous for? And this is the state Hemet. And what's fascinating is that the computer today has taken the place of the state Hemet. The state Hemet, I, I trust you're familiar with it. It's nine volumes. It is an encyclopedic attempt to organize all of halacha according to an encyclopedic overtone. It is filled with information. What makes the Spechemid very important is it's not just Shas and Paiskim, it's newspapers, it's rabbinic journals. Wherever there was something halachic in his time, he recorded it. And a lot of attempts have been made to um, index it. On an earlier period, there was the Pachad Yitzchak. If, if, that, if you, that, that's Italy, that was an encyclopedic attempt. This is a hundred plus years later, it's another encyclopedic attempt with much more material. Problem is, how do you reach it? How do you index it? Uh, as I mentioned a moment ago, Rav Medini functioned right along Chabad. Uh, in Chabad, the Stechemet was very beloved, and they republished it, and they've made an attempt to have an index to it. Uh, the computer today most people, when they have a question, you go right to the computer, you type it in, uh, you have the, then you have subdivisions, the Barilan program, other programs. So to a certain degree, these Svarim today have been downsized, I'll put it that way. But the Stechemit is invaluable because there's a lot of material that's not going to make the computer and not going to make Barilan and not going to make Hebrew books. It's simply uh, articles in newspapers. Sometimes you can find in Jewish press a halachic article. He was current with what was going on in his time and if he found something halachic, he recorded it plain and simple. Now, that's a little bit on his life. I want to quote from the Chelek Revi of the Stechemet. Uh, let me spell it out. Chelek Revi, Klal Kuf Tet Zion. And Klal Kuf Tet Zion, which is many columns dealing with Loia, Kligevalisha, etc., etc., and many of the sources that we quoted. But I want to quote from page the, this is the standard edition of the Stechemed, page Mem Zion Omer Aleph. 
It's marked here also as page 93. And uh, here he's talking about the mirror. And uh, it's what I just told Norm that, you know, to say that you can't look at a mirror to take the words of the Shulchan Aruch uh, literally, it's very difficult because we all have mirrors, we all look at mirrors. And he says, if Derech Anashim who came, it could very well be that it's mutter to look at a mirror if men do it. And as I've said more than once, and the Rabbi Grinstein quoted a Rebbe of his saying exactly what I said, it all depends how long you stand in front of the mirror. If you use a mirror uh, to see that your hair is combed, your kippah is on properly, your glasses, but if you stand in front of a mirror and you petchka with your face uh, like a lady with lipstick, with hair, with combing, with makeup, all right, could be it's an Isha. And he, but here you see what I told you. He's living with the Chabad Nikim in Hebron. Hebron was a Chabad city. I can tell you this in parentheses. Every Chabad Nik listening will be upset with me, but I still stand my ground. When uh, Hebron, uh, when they, uh, when we were zeichet to come back to Hebron in '67, some very important people pleaded with the Lubavitcher Rebbe to come in Aliyah and go to Hebron. The idea being it would reclaim what was wiped out in 29. Of course, a lot of the, the Hebron, the, the, the Lubavitcher representative in Hebron was killed. Uh, his, I believe his wife uh, did remain alive, but they were wiped out. Now, 67, go back to Hebron and re-establish Chabad, let that become the center of the Chabad world. Uh, in my humble opinion, had the Rebbe gone in Hebron, we wouldn't have the demonstrations we have now against Torah and uh, all that goes with it. You have no idea. I just read a long list of rulings of the Supreme Court, and boy, uh, each time I read it, I remember how upset I was at the time would be a totally different state of Israel, in my humble opinion. But the Rebbe chose to remain in Brooklyn, and all right, they do great things, but I still stand on Hebron, Chabad, the Rebbe, what have been built here, what, oh, wow, the influence, Israel, oh. But, but you see here he says, nevertheless, with all that we can be matter the mirror and men do it, mikomakom hachasidim nohagim silsu bezeh. And I, I love that expression, hasidim machmir. Hasidim, they don't take any heta and, and, and they don't look into the mirror and this is the Hasidic way. And uh, he goes on and on, trying Lalameit Schut. And he quotes, you'll see the sources, again, it, this is an encyclopedic mind, but he quotes a source that, uh, you understand that Talmud Chacham is the open Gemara, Talmud Chacham Sheyetzei Berurav Al Bigdo. You go out and you dress like a slob. Tzachol Hashem. 
And my wife always yells at me, this is not right, that is not right, all right, I'm not a Talmud Chacham, I can afford to go out uh, not dressed perfectly. Unfortunately, I can't get away with it, because people consider me a little bit more than just an ordinary person, and I have to be careful, you can't go out looking like a slob. Well, if that's the case, he quotes the source, La Halacha, that imagine you're in the middle of shaving, and not what I told you about with my student, with, the, with, with Rabbi Bornstein, with the face half-shaven. You're in the middle of shaving. And they tell you your father died, your mother died, lower Leno. No? Can you finish shaving? Let's say it's... A, uh, by the way, there's a whole machloikis, whether a no-name has the surim of, a, of an avel. But for the sake of argument, let's say it's, a sh- it's, it's after... Shiva, but it's during Shleshim. It's a Shmua Krova. No, immediately you go into Avelet. You go into Avelet. Can you finish shaving? So they say, covered are dumb. If you're in the middle, uh, you're allowed to finish shaving. So if this is the case, uh, you can find the Heta. You've got to look in the mirror. Chsidim noagim sul but we allowed more than that, more than that. Uh, he, he, he deals with what I just alluded to. Again, the sources are fascinating. Uh, do we have a din of a Talmud Chacham Bisman Hazeh? No, look into Allah. If we would have a din of Talmud Chacham, look into, look into your Adaya, where it deals with Kibbut Harav, and you, you'll see what I'm talking about. If we have a din of a Talmud Chacham and you embarrass him, you have to pay a fine. There are all types of rulings in the Gemara. Substantial fines. Uh, do we have a din? And no, we say no, that all this doesn't apply today because none of us are really on the level of what a Talmud Chacham should be. And of course, when you talk about what a Talmud Chacham should be, look at the Gemara in Sanhedrin, look at Hilchat, uh, look into the Rambam, where he deals with who to be a member of the Supreme Court, you have to be a YU graduate with a doctorate from Harvard with the ability to know all the languages, right or wrong. It shouldn't be eight me pa, eight al piktavim, eight al pimeturgamin, etc. So we don't have a din of a Talmud Chacham today, but the Stechemet says, yes, we don't have a din of a Talmud Chacham, but we have a din of Kavar it's uh, very fascinating what he's saying. And if we represent Torah, I can say I'm not a Torah, I'm not this, not that. But people relate that you represent Torah, then cover the Torah absolutely applies, and you can't walk out of your house looking like a slob. And therefore, he says will be able to be Matya looking in a mirror. All right, that's one part of it. But there he's, you understand, you can see the interaction between the Stechemid and the Chabatnikim. Come to the end of the Klal, and this is uh, fascinating, he quoted Semach Tzedek, and here you see my Talmud, Rabbi Moshe, uh, Wiener in Brooklyn who's been arguing and trying to influence his 
Rebbe who put him on a good derech, yours truly, many decades ago, generations ago, to grow a beard. That Tzemach Tzedek comes out and he gives you the sauce and a tshuva that you're not allowed to shave. And even all the heterim you can have and you can find, uh, for instance, even with a depilatory. And no one in the world can argue that a depilatory is muta. What's involved there? It's not a razor at all. Absolutely not. Allah kama when we want to clutch out a heta, squeeze out a heta which we have with the ray with the autom- with the electrified razors that work like rehitani, that work like scissors. No Chabadnikim do not shave. And 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 here and Kamosha Katava Gon Semek Sedek. And he says, we're living in a generation where we're not on a level. If we permit shaving, and this is the old story, once you make a change, change engenders another change. It's like the blanket. Those of you who studied psychology, those of you who raised children and read Dr. Spock's, if you know who that is today, I don't know anymore if people relate to it. But uh, a kid has a blanket, doesn't want to let go of the blanket. You've seen this. Children, they have, it's a blanket. It gives them security. So what's the answer? You cut off an inch every day. And the kid doesn't realize an inch less, an inch less. Finally, there's nothing left. He gives up the blanket. That's Yiddishkeit. And this is their thinking. There's a way we dress and a way we look. And if we start playing games, taking off the beard, we're going to wind up with someone looking like Aaron Rakefet. All right? Good or bad, I can make a whole case. Torah, Poshetetzura, Veloveshetzura, Oteng, Geveret, Bishinuya, Deret, and all right, Einachinami, I can make a case. But understand that this is the Hasidic way of thinking. And even the Chabatnikim, all week they dress normal, short clothes, it's called, Akut's a jacket. Shabbos, they wear a Bekashev. It's interesting, they wear Langebogadim. All right, I can tell you the Rav suffered with this. It's not so simple. His early years in Boston, I, I yet knew people who knew him from the 30s. Shabbos, he wore a bakasha, came to shul in a bakasha. At that time, he had no beard, but a bakasha he did have. The Rambam, Shabbos, based on the Gemara and Shabbos. The Rambam, Hilchat Shabbos, but... But you see the Hasidim, and he says, in our generation, that's all we need. They'll start shaving, and he says, even with a depilatory, you look in, you look in to the to the Stechemed, when she starts shaving, the beard is gone, the payas are gone, the bekisher is gone, the strivel is gone, what will remain? All right, Norm, I don't think that way, but I respect those who think that way.
I understand them. Okay? I have the best mirror at all. all. Which best mirror? Yeah. Meaning? Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Norm says his wife, absolutely. But Norm, you're not going to be too happy now. I'm going to show you what he says at the end. And 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 he says, Oy l'dosh ha'kachalab yamav and v'chovah le'ne lo'dila fa'sem sh'davaza osa b'direi turki. And he says, Look what's happened in our generation. And remember, he's living in the 1800s, the second half. Haskalah is all over the place. Yiddishkeit is being batted, is being hit. It's all over. It's not so simple. The greatest Rabbanim have children who become, uh, God have mercy, the greatest Rabbanim have grandchildren who are Catholics. I don't have to mention names, but you know what I'm talking about. We've dealt with it over the generations. And he says... We can't, we can't publicize any heta. And he says in Turkey, look what's happened. And Chasfa that people started shaving. And, and Asur lowly froke geta. How can we change our lifestyle? And he goes on and on rebuke. And then he says, all right, in Turkey proper, where I am, it's a little better. They're more observant. But he speaks about Frankia. Feyresh Aleph Nun Kuf Yud Aleph Hey. And he says, there, there's nothing to talk about it's minigamakam, everyone shaves. And I tried to research it. Yoma and I played with the computer. What's he referring to? And it turns out this was a part of the Turkish Empire that today is Germany. And he's saying already in his time that part of the Turkish Empire which was adjacent to Bavaria, Prussia, to what today is Germany, they all shave and they're all heading towards assimilation. Excuse me? Which empire? What he calls the Frankias. What he calls Frankias. What we researched, remember, we looked on the computer, the map, and and I, here I printed it out. It's uh, you can f- the computer is fabulous. What you can find there, uh, it's th- there's the map. But if you take the place near Germany, that's what he's talking about, and he's maledicting already in his time the Germans. He says in Turkey at least they listen, but in that part of the Turkish Empire that is close to Germany. No one, no one is listening. What's it called? Frankish. Frankish Empire. Okay, the Frankish Empire, and he says, and he says, even though. Shel Hayamim Lahochiach Alze 
במתק שפתיים, ורבים חשב מיבון זה, השם יזכנו לזכות את הרבים, לעשות נחת רוח ליוצנו יתברך שמו. And you see here, there's one word that I just said that you can speak about for hours upon hours. How do you rebuke? Listen to the words of the Speichamed. And this is my own viewpoint. Uh, I don't want to compromise Yiddishkeit. I'm not here to, to find favor and, and, and talk and compromise in the Kotel and make reform conservative. No, and you know my opinion on, on Mechalolei Shabbos working on wine before the bottle is sealed. You have to make a statement. This is Torah. This is Judaism. You can be the finest individual in the world. There are ten commandments. Five ben adam lechaveiro, but five ben adam lemakom. You can be the finest individual ben adam lechaveiro. That doesn't make you a totally good Jew. It makes you half a Jew. That's all. And and but you see, you have to separate the sin from the sinner. If you get up and curse and maledict and my rabbeim and rabbinic literature and I have a seed of extremism within me. You get nowhere. You have to get up and say, we love you, you are brethren, you are brothers. We want you to discover the blood in your veins. And Natan, I've used that effectively. You should have heard me in the army. I used to say, Ain kan echad Who can be a Baal Someone like me. I grew up from the age of 10, 11. All my association was with Gedolei Yisrael. All right. If I do something wrong, I have to do tshuva. But today you're living with a generation. What do they know? How can they be? Ah, discover the blood in your veins, the tree you come from, the branches that brought you to this world. Who are you? What are you? And that's much more effective. Matiks for time. I love that's a rabbinic expression. When you rebuke, rebuke with sweetness in your lips. And I can tell you this, uh, the Rav, I have this in uh, my work on the Rav, I quote him word by word, where the Rav says, you will never find me putting down a reform or conservative rabbi. You're not going to win the battle that way. It's positivism. And, but don't compromise. That's, that's the problem. That some of my colleagues, you know, the big fight I had with Rabbi Riskin, and uh, it hurts me because I remember Rabbi Riskin, what he did on the West Side, you know, you can't dismiss that. He, he, he built orthodoxy on the Upper West Side. Before Rabbi Riskin got there, there were shtibbles, but there wasn't a real Torah, modern Torah, why you type, why would you type presence? And he built it. I don't know, I remember how he began, I remember the whole story. But on the other hand, you're going to have a sign up 
this way to the reform service, this way to orthodox. It's like uh, the whole question of Limud. Rakefer is teaching in room 101 and a, ra- a female reform rabbi who is not Jewish, only her father is, who is a lesbian and a humanist and doesn't believe in God, she's teaching in room 102. You follow? That's the problem. And this has been our problem for decades. How do we solve it? How do we deal with it? Ever since the Psak of the Gedole Rashi Yeshiva to separate from synagogue council and New York Board of Rabbis, this has been, an, a, I would say, the leading challenge to the Torah Jew in the modern world. All right, Adkan. Halacha Lamaisa, everyone in this room outside of myself is a good Jew. On the screen, uh, I see some without beards, but many with, and here everyone outside of the Rebbe has a beard. So you went out, the Stechemet will be happy with you, the Tzemach Tzedek will be happy with you, but Yesh Makom Lahakel, and uh, ultimately German Orthodoxy proved its vitality. We'll talk about it in the Monday class. Uh, it matured. That was the love of East European Jews. Remember, Al-Sudan were treated looking down at them. I just stopped in Marv last night with a very famous neighbor of mine. He's a recipient of Prost Yisrael. And uh, he, he said to me, we were Al-Sudan. He was born in Warsaw. He's related to the Geber Rebbe. Rottenberg is the last name. That's the name Geber Rebbe. Alta or Rottenberg. It's all the same. And afterwards, they moved to Germany. And uh, his father represented even more. His father studied in Brisk with Reb Chaim. So that there was Gerich Siddis, Reb Chaim, and German Orthodoxy. And he says, we were down. No one spoke. Our student, they wouldn't let, our, wouldn't let their children play with us. Uh, but many German Jews matured and saw the greatness in East European Jews. I have much more to say, it's not for now, but Hitler stopped the process. See, Hitler cut it right as it was starting to blossom. Adkan. I have another Shaila now. And uh, this Shaila for me is very emotional. Why? Because I lived it. And it's rare, unique. But let me begin at the beginning. One of the great shots, shocks of modern life, uh, in my own lifetime, I've seen this. Uh, there's no modesty left today. You were growing up, there was modesty. Uh, my be- I, I give you a simple example. Everyone asks me, I still get this question. I just got the question a week ago. Again, uh, the Rav in Ansett, he had a home in uh, Ansett. What's that area called? Uh, very fancy area. Uh, Yomo, fancy area where the, where the Kennedys, the Kaba, all the wealthy people had uh, summer homes. Martin's Vidyard, what else? Hannesport. that area. So they, they, they were an onset and they had a, a home there and uh, there was mixed women. 
So I always get the question, I tell them, Mixwood, that's your question? Let's go back in my time machine to Eastern Europe a hundred years ago. It's Mixwood. It's one difference. Look at the uh, New York Times had an article in 2002, I think it was, some girls camp in America celebrated 100 years summer camp. And they had pictures from 1902. Norm, the women, the young ladies going swimming were dressed more sneeristically than the majority of the people who come to shoe and females on Shabbos where you come from, the great city of Atlanta. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Sneers. It's unbelievable today. You open up any newspaper, a uh, secular newspaper. I grew up in the New York Post. That paper came to my parents' house. There was the home news from the Bronx and the New York Post. Then they combined. Uh, today you open up the New York Post, uh, New York, nude women. No, totally nude. I was wearing one string. Big deal. How do you walk around nude? Animals walk nude. There's human dignity. You dress. There's no modesty left. Vulgarities. Cursing. You walk through the streets of New York. You can't believe there's one word, it begins with F, it's a noun, it's an adverb, it's an adjective, it's a verb, God, it's all you hear. Well, yeah, I'm not described, this is real, no, from Detroit, there's a Rabbi Friedman, Chabadnik, I know the family, he wrote a book, there's no modesty, whatever, the title is something like that, powerful volume, it's very capable, his brother-in-law was a cover of mine in why you? Modesty. It's an unbelievable Gemara in Shabbos, Taflamet Gimel Amir Aleph. And this Gemara, all my life, this Gemara inspires me. Omar Rabchanan Barava, Hakal Yodin Kala Lama Nichneset Lechupa. Everyone knows why a kala goes to chuppah. And if someone is vulgar, I don't have to spell it out. Even if he was in heaven, they said he's going to have good 70 years, it's immediately changed to bad. Look into Russia. Seventy years of good is cancelled. And I, I quote to you from the Art Scroll commentary, 
What does this mean, Menavel Piv? If he speaks coarsely or explicitly about the intimate relationship into which the bride will enter, this is Nibopev. And this is an unbelievable Gemara, which, by the way, should be a total guide to us in our relations, our teachings, our public image. And here, you know, I have very strong opinions. Sex is part of God's plan for the world. Without that sexual drive, none of us would be here. Don't have to quote, I spent the whole year on this. It's not for now, all the sources. He told me of. And Chazal say, what's told me of? The sexual drive. Without that, chickens wouldn't lay eggs, Gemara and Sanhedrin, Gemara and Yoma. Powerful. But modesty. And this is so sad about the world today because, if I can quote Rakefit, they took sex out of sex. And what do I mean by that? We were raised a concept of proper behavior, no promiscuous relationship, the sanctity of marriage. What it means for young people growing up in a Torah world, marriage, beautiful, enchanting, it's unique. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, Davchavdet, Eini Shakarated Brit, Alunamisha, Asaha Kli, etc. That's all lost today. You see, the couples in Israel, in the so called progressive world, the world that's demonstrating against making our Supreme Court like the American Supreme Court, they, they live together. <laughs> Five years, six years, see how it goes. Then, if they want to have a child, they decide to get married. They contact, if we're, if we're fortunate, they'll contact Soha and have a religious wedding. And if we're not fortunate, they'll go to Cyprus. They'll, they, they, there's a whole thing with the computer today. You can get married via the computer. It's a whole question whether it'll be accepted here. Uh, let's hope we can influence the Supreme Court before it's too late. But you see, modesty. It's not that we're opposed to sex. We sanctify sex. And when you sanctify sex, it becomes a basis of a very happy, unique relationship. Remember what I told you? I'll never forget this. The Rabbi Lichtenstein didn't grow up on a tree. He had a brilliant father, had a doctorate, but his mother was even more brilliant than his father, Bluma. I knew her. I had the privilege. I knew great people in my life. And one time, the Lichtenstein grandchildren said to her, Safta, is there anything you don't understand in the Chumash? The kids look, she understands everything. She said, yes, I don't understand one Pasuk. Norm, if you never heard this from me, it's you only for this alone. How can you forget your parents? 
So Meiritekamen, that's a mother. That's a mother. That's the, the Mishnah in, in Yuvamat, that uh, mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law can't be made. But you see, you don't understand it, but that's the way God built the world. And I can tell you, I, my wife and I repeat this to each other all the time because we're not youngsters. At times we need help. We have so many children, so many grandchildren, so many great-grandchildren. No, you need help. No one's around. Okay, each one is out there building their own family unit. And then they build it and they move on. You should hear the Rav and that 69 memorial for the, uh, his wife, was, uh, 68, 69, is, I quote part of it in my work on the Rav, and it's uh, been republished, family redeemed. Yeah, you got to hear the Rav when he discusses it. But, wow, wow, this is life. This is modesty. This is the ultimate. And I have to tell you, if so much is being written today. There's so many problems. People are getting married later. People are unhappy in marriage. In our world, unhappy in marriage. Too much divorce. I hold if a young couple marries and just do what comes naturally and have a little bit seichel, you can work out a beautiful marriage. And I've spoken about this many times. Our biggest problem is covered are dumb. Slabatka, we're too self-centered. Marriage, compliment, supplement, compromise. Look at the Rambam. All right, I have a lot to say, but there's a word of introduction. Modesty. What am I talking about? What am I introducing? Here we are. Mishnah halachat chelik tet siman kuf tzadi aleph. And this is a chuva written in 1978. Very fascinating who the chuva is written to. It's written to Rav Stein. No, who is Rav Chaim Stein? He just died. It's within the last year or so. He was Rosh Hashiva of Tanis. <coughs> One of the survivors of the Holocaust, Rosh Hashiva of Tanis, Yomo, Mochutn with Rav David Lifshitz. Right or wrong? Families intermarried. Cleveland. Norm? I spoke and learned with him when I was scholar residence in Cleveland. He took me to meet him, he wanted to meet me. And a nice chap. But what was interesting, he you know, he asked me what I do, etc. I said, look, to be honest, I've never worked a day in my life. So he said, Oh, you married a wealthy girl? I said, No. When teaching Torah becomes work, you know you have to stop. You understand what I'm saying? I never worked a day in my life. Wealthy girl? No. Never. Baruch Hashem. We had a, it was a very unique meeting. That's when I saw it tells from within. They gave me a whole uh, tour of what was and what is, etc. 
What's the Shaila? Where's Tells located? Where's Wycliffe? Wycliffe is a suburb of Cleveland. When they first went out to the suburb, what happens? There's no mikvah. To build a shul is no big deal. Anywhere you open a minion, you have a, how did, how did T-neck begin? In the basement of, I spoke about it a few years ago. In the basement of one of the homes that people were dissatisfied with the conservative temple, they were orthodox people. All you had was the conservative temple, which today, by the way, has a mechitzer in Tinek. It is, it's, it's, they don't mean left-wing orthodox, it's orthodox. They don't have begun. Oh, you can build this shul. Kosher food is not a problem. You drive your car, you pick it up, and you come home. A mikveh comes last, unfortunately. It should come first, but it comes last. All right. What's the problem? The inner city. The minute you talk about an inner city, you get an element there which is not the easiest to walk through, to go through. In addition, you're talking at night. Night brings out all the evil in the people. You don't rob by day, you rob by night. Okay. Night, women, driving, mikvah. People are hesitant. Tell me. I don't want to go into this now, but can you go to mikvah by day? It's an open gemara, srach bita. You can't go by day because your children, your daughters will think you go to mikvah on the seventh day even though you're going on the eighth day. It's not so low, Pashat. You got to remember what you do sets an example. Uh, nevertheless, there are matirim where there's no other eitzah. Perhaps a woman can go on the eighth day. But it should be made clear that it's a bidyevet under these circumstances. But here, a group of women want to get together and go to mikveh together. And what does this mean? I mean, uh, uh, just to hear this, Norm, you're thinking, how can a group of women get together? Mikveh's taluy on the, on the shiva in the kiyam after five days and 12 full days and etc., etc. Natan, you have a lady in charge. Put up a sign in the shul. Ladies going to mikveh this week, please inform me. We'll try to arrange carpools. So you'll have ladies going after 12 days, after 13 days, after 14 days. Arrange carpools, a group together, few people together, safe, easier. One carpool, that makes sense. There's only one problem, a lack of tzniyot. Mikvah. Now, Norm, you think this shyly unique. I lived it, meaning, 
1961, I leave yeshiva, I'm 23 years of age, there's no kolel, they used to say, if you can't learn by then, you're never going to know how to learn, period. All right, I will admit, I, I've told this to my grandchildren, I have some, some very bright great-grandchildren, you know, one, one, let me not talk too much, but like one great-grandchild is five years of age now, he reads and writes like an adult in Hebrew and like a teenager in English. You know, what are you going to go to school? What are you going to do? And we have serious talks with our grandson who skipped twice. And we always worry that personality-wise you suffer because Rakefit says you go to school to learn social grace. Thank God he married the right girl. You have no idea how they've turned out. We all breathe easier. We are but this is a challenge and I tell all my grandsons whatever I teach no one taught me all I got out of school was the ability to learn inquisitiveness Torah history but everything I learned whoever taught this whoever taught what I'm teaching tomorrow understand you said you do Okay. See, Yeshiva kicked me out. I'm 23. I'm in the rabbinate. I got killed that year. I really got killed. You know that. I suffer until today. I think back to the, the second rabbi in Lower Marion Synagogue, re-elected by a vote of 9 to 7. Charlie Liebman becomes famous. Zechah Zichrona Levracha becomes famous on his article on orthodoxy in America, case study, young rabbi, Cross it out, Aaron Rothkoff. Why nine voted for me and seven voted against? It's ingenious, the article, but it's not, not for now. But here I am, and by the way, his wife is involved in what I'm talking about. So here I am in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, of all the cities in America, was the worst as far as Yiddishkeit. Detroit had some Orthodox Jews. Boston had Orthodox Jews. Um, what Toronto had, Montreal had, Philadelphia was totally conservative. There was the Tongarebbe there, Little Stibble, South Philly, Strawberry Mansion, Sakonit Nefoshot by the time I got there. The one mikvah, my wife still went to it, was located in a Schwitz where you had to walk through Afro-Americans stretched out making comments uh, after they had been in their bath there and on in the inner side, South Philly, that was the mikvah Shemirachim. Then they spilt my year there, the mikvah in Logan, a better area. Shortly after which you couldn't go to Logan either, it was also Sakhanat Fasha. And then was a cold problem before the Logan. I used to remember the dedication of the Logan for Rabbi Burak, who later goes to Toronto. Maybe Jack knows him or knew him. And I still remember he spoke. And, and oh, I, it's like I can just envision it. But there was a period where the South Philly Mikvah was already in need of total repair. It was not kosher. The Logan Mikvah was in Freddy. 
So the only mikvah within striking distance of Philadelphia was Camden, New Jersey. Natan, have you been to Camden? You're probably wondering how do Jews live in Camden today? It's all Camden. Whole community. Rabbi Riff, Rav Naftoli Tzvi the Riff was the Rav of Camden, the Ainakul lived in Tziv of Alashan for whom he's named. Who was the son of a Rabbi Gettinger, young Israel of the Upper West Side? Camden still had, all right, ultimately it disappears, it dissipates. They tell me there's a little bit revival today. Cherry Hill became from Kite in it. Wow. The women want to go to the mikvah in Camden. Same story. Put up a sign. How do you get a group together? My wife was involved. Charlie Leapin's wife was involved. Ah, it's unbelievable. No? Sneered. Can you? Can't you? What do you do? In my case, I had no choice. They had to go together, drive, the car, etc. Okay. Now, yes, Yomo. Is the problem the sign or is the sign that them going? The publicity. It's together. It's the publicity, the sign. All right, so let me say something I didn't want. Phoning privately, but how did they know? That would be better, absolutely better. All right, I, I'll, I'll say something I didn't want to say. And I was told this, they swore to me it's true. I was sick to my stomach. Uh, everyone is from today in America. So, and everyone, you know, we live a certain lifestyle. It's, uh, we'll come to this in the Monday class. So, uh, everyone runs away to the mountains. Uh, New York, it's too hot, the summer. So, they're telling me in a bungalow colony, the mikvah was right nearby, and they knew who was going to mikvah, and they would stand under the window of that bungalow. You know about it. How do you know? And they would sing, Oh, I couldn't believe my ears. These are from people. This is Sneed. The Gemara in Shabbos that I said an hour ago. Hakol Yodin. How do you know about it? From me. How many years ago was this now? It's a long time ago. It's a long time. I remember hearing about it. I couldn't believe it. But you see, Yomo, that's the problem. Maybe more. You'll see from the Gemara. You're going to see a Gemara that breaks my heart. Why? Because it shows you man ra yetsa me'nurav. What's the Pasuk in the Torah? Yetsen something like that. I think it's in Pashat Noach. Uh, and, and you see, nothing has changed. Man is a sinner. He's overwhelmed by passion. And nothing has changed. 
And we and everyone cried, What a generation, what a generation, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> Nothing has changed. And 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 I can I can say more, it's not for now. I just uh, but but Shevet Singer, I have to tell you, I read the his he, I read his writings seventy years ago. I thought he was a pervert. Let me just see the Pasik. Uh, it's the end of yeah, yeah, but one second it says Bereshit Aleph Pas at the uh, and it's Pasuk Hey. Okay, how can it's, that it's be? Not Aleph. No, it's oh, the print, oh, I see the Bereshit. No, it's a printing mistake. Yes. Excuse me, it's a printing it mistake. It's great. Let's it's see. Wow. Give me a better one that I can turn the pages. Vav. Perik Vav. Pasuk Hey. That's the Pasuk I was looking for. Now, all right, let's begin. Uh, he writes, it's interesting, it's interesting that Rab Chaim Stein of tells, again, who did they turn to? Rav Menashe Klein. Shows you that uh, already in 78, he had a reputation. We saw from Lakewood they turned from him. From Hasidic, Hasidic people turned to him. Israel turns to him. Very fascinating. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. You know, when I, I suck, I speak. I speak sometimes with right-wing people, so they don't say Mishnah Halacha, Mishaneh Halacha. You understand? What are you talking about? He has a right to his opinion. All right. And he writes to him, oh, how they seem And he describes that people live today Cleveland and and I guess exactly the words of my wife. I still remember sixty one. I still remember these women talking to me. And and Kloma Hayot Sheyesh Kamanashim Sheeshlikem Mukhonit Karbalaz. Interesting. Kar Balaz. Uh, Rab Meisha uses Kar. He already knows English, knows modern Hebrew. Yeshlechem in, in, in the Yiddish. The, you know what they called? I, I still remember the 25th yard site of Rabbi Revel. There was a memorial meeting in the yeshiva. And why you? In, in the Beis Medish. And one of the speakers was Saul Friedman. Saul B. Friedman was the, was the first American-born musmach of the yeshiva. He got smicha, the first smicha convocation under Rabbi Rebel, 1919, when they reorganized everything and there was a formal tachnit to get smicha. And uh, he spoke, and he was telling a story, I remember, and he used the word amishinka, amishinka. And I didn't know what it meant. And 
Later, they explained to me a mishinka was the original Yiddish for a car. But because a mishinka means a machine, basically, ultimately they used only the word car. Because a car is a car. And here, Rabbi Nasser Klein says, Mechonit kar belaz. Ukishem halchot lamikven asotim amachonit. V'yecholak likachim machem isha o nashim achayrot shegam ken srikot litpol belayla zu shelyechu itam. And he says, we can have a carpool. He's describing a carpool. And this would make it so much easier and give them strength and courage because they're not going to attack a group in a car. And, but there's only one problem. What are you going to do? Going to go up and down and ask, do you have to go to Mikvah this week? Do you have to go to Mikvah? You, you can't. Ah, so what they want to do They'll put up a sign, this lady will take charge, and, and everyone will be told, Wow. So this lady is a tzaddeket. She's willing to help. She's willing to organize it, to coordinate it, is disallowed. Okay, so Rabbi uh, uh, Klein says to Rabbi Chaim Stein that, look, you're as big a London as I am. You're a bigger London than I am. Be a met. Your eyes are all over, you know the sources. Nevertheless, Lekarev olerachek, and that's beautiful. You follow me? This is two gedolei Yisrael with mutual affection, and I can't turn you away. I'll comment on the question, and it's up to you to accept it or to reject it. Okay. And the first source he refers to, and this is very important, and. This just summarizes everything uh, that I said before. Yoridea Siman Kuf Sadi Chet Sifkotten Memchet in the Ramah. I repeat, Yoridea Kuf Sadi Chet Sifkotten Memchet in the Ramah. And Yeshe Katvu. Sheyeshli ishali yotsnuwa bolel tavila tom. Woman should be modest that she's going to mikvah. The kachna and guchanashim last year, leel tavila ton 
שלא ללכת במהומה או בפני הבריות שלא יגישו בהן בני אדם. Very fascinating. What does it mean שלא ללכת במהומה? Bald מהומה. Translate the word. Loud noise. Balgan. Public affair. People shouldn't know that she's going to mikvah. The im misha eno sekein ne'ema alera arua shokhev im behemah. And very powerful, that's exactly what I said before. Either we have human dignity or we're no different than monkeys and chimpanzees. But this is the basis, this is the halacha. Now, I want to throw out uh, a question that wants us, it's part of the Israeli scene, and we'll end off with this, and it's food for thought. And this has been commented upon many times. Yours truly has commented upon it many times. One of my great culture shocks when I came to Israel, you know, you have to put up your cabinets. You don't buy an apartment with the cabinets in place. So the Horowitz family, he just died, Freddie Horowitz, a year ahead of me, two years ahead of me in yeshiva, got smitha, came in Aliyah before us, and he knew it, what to do, he advised us, and sent us to a Moroccan Yitzchak and Michoel. I remember them like yesterday. So Yitzhak later ran away to America, it wound up in Los Angeles, I have no idea what's left of Yiddishkeit. I hope maybe the grandchildren came back, I have no idea. Mikhail, I got friendly with him, he, he was here and we remained in touch, he did other work for us. And uh, one time he's talking with us and he says uh, that he loves this type of food and his wife makes it for him once a month. Now here's a Moroccan who's Mechalalei Shabbos and he, went and he looks at and we say, what do you mean? He says, When his wife goes to Mikvah, she makes this special feast for him. And boy, this was a shakaru. In America, you had women who were Shomrat Shabbat, didn't go to Mikvah. Didn't go to Mikvah. We've all been brainwashed. We have baths in our house, showers in our house, jacuzzis in our house. You don't know what went on here 20 years ago with Ari Derry with the jacuzzi in Bayat Vagan. Ugh. Boy, I don't know. If I would be Ari Derry, I would have resigned from everything and just sat and learned. He has a very good head. I know him. If he would have held by learning, would be a big Russian Shiva today. Why do you need all this Atmos Nefesh? But okay. If everyone felt that way, we'd have no government, no leaders, uh, just dummies like Rakefid who sit and uh, teach themselves Shas and Paiskim. Uh, then I read research. Israel, more women go to mikvah than keep Shabbos. Now, how does it break down? And now I did my research and I found out and spoke. It's very simple. We Ashkenazim 
washroom, are careful, sneered. You never know the word mikvah. Maybe a daughter with a mother knows a little bit. You never see it. Everything is quiet, hidden, like the Ramah. The Svartim. For many years I used to dab the Minchamara that I have three shuls up the mountain from me. Rav Berlin has no shuls on it. Rav Berlin, Tayasim is the continuation, no shuls. That ends at Palmach, then you have the Shtiblach. You climb up the steps to Chalap, the next street, 82 steps up. Yudushlaim Harim Savivla. There, there are three shuls. Oral Aaron, Oral Rivka, Oral Yosef, or Yatama. I can't go into details now, but it's a fascinating story how it got the name Yatama, but it's not for now. Okay, I used to daven. Today I daven the closest shul is uh, Oral Aaron. That's why I daven in Hamar. The morning I daven Oral Rivka. I've been davening 53 years. I daven they have a 5.30 minion, the earliest minion, fine. For many years I used to daven Minchamarav in Oalaran. I had an old Chavah there from Yeshiva Rabbi Nesson Labella. It was David Hartman's Chavrit. It was worth davening there just to exchange a word or two with Rabbi Nesson. Now I don't go there. It's harder. It's a longer walk. I go what's easiest. Fine. What's next door to the shoe? Ohel Yosef Yatama, the Rechavya Mikvah, it's right next door. Maybe even part of the same property owned by the Muatzah Hadatid, I don't know who owns it. Times you come out of Shul and you see three, four cars parked there and a whole crowd going to Mikvah. Eidat HaMizrach. They go to mikvah the first time. It's a party. It's a kiddush. Brachot. Girl is getting married, going to mikvah. Yomo, it or not. You know what the difference is? And they swear that this is correct. All the research here by the social workers. Ashkenazim do not develop a feeling for mikvah. It is purely a religious act. Like the Ramah, Tzniyat, Belimahuma, Svadim, the first time, not only that, they develop, you're going, mikvah. Why? Girls ask. It blesses your relationship with your husband. They claim a much more healthy, positive approach to sexual relations. It is bound together, mikvah, healthiness, deep affection. So, look at the results. More women go to mikvah then I shall not Shabbat. 
Right now, I have to give credit. An organization was formed, headed up by Rami Levy's daughter, supporting, enhancing, beautifying every mikvah in Israel. No, I would say the sad feeling, the depressing feeling that my wife had South Philly, that mikvah. May I quote Rav Shinshma Ful Hirsch? Rav Hirsch said, when I first came to Frankfurt on mine, there wasn't a million of Jews putting on tefillin, and the mikvah was located, quote, in an alleyway fit for the passage of swine, not for humans, end quote. This I either heard from Rav Hirsch, the Rav, or it's my own. You judge the ten- religious tenacity of a community by where their mikvah is located and how the mikvah is kept up. I'd come. I've touched upon, you have no idea, this last quote. Who's right? The Ramah? Well, maybe we need a Muhammad to start. Young girl getting married. That's the occasion. Because all the females in the family, her aunts, they're all there. They all observe. They all go to mikvah. Beautiful. Children are not b'nei or b'not nida, with all that that implies. It's a beautiful concept. I can live with both. I can understand both. The mahuma afterwards, don't make a mahuma. Taharam, a balagan, I don't know how to translate it, Mahuma, noise, yelling, shouting, cheering, uh, Yankee Stadium with the Maggio hitting one out of the park. I met someone in Shabbos, someone who knows me many years, I never, they look up to me, young kid, younger, don't look up, come learn. So he says, Rebbe, how are you? How are you? I say, nope. No, what could I do? Shabbos Mitzcha. I'm in, I'm in, in heaven because we were four generations together. I say, I'm a kid again. Spring training. Boy, he was right up. We went into a whole discussion of the Yankees and what they're going to do for, for left field and Aaron Hicks and, and, and the shortstop problem. You know what's going on or not, Norm? We were like two kids again. And I, that I'm up to date, I know that he's up to date. He's in his 60s. Oh, he was right there. But you see, the Svadim have something. Make a Muhammad the first time. To reiterate, what did we do today? All right, we finished up the beard. <laughs> and uh, you see Lubavitch? And, and, but you see Rakefet? I, I, I can live with everyone's viewpoint. I don't say I'm right. I just say it fits me. I'm at home like this. I'm not ashamed. I have the YU emblem here. I'm all right, I'm saying it fits me. But I love all of Yiddishkeit. What upsets me is mishpacha, 
if you don't show pictures of women, it's a perversion. Understand, you have to teach youngsters, they're men and women in the world. We have to respect each other. And a woman is more than a sex symbol. And that's so important. And when you have this attitude, no picture of so what are you saying? So every woman is a sex siren and every man is a sex pervert. I don't accept that. I don't accept that. There may be women who, uh, I remember one woman in many years ago, and there's an American girl in Michala said a statement to me, I'll never forget it. I can talk freely, we were good friends. She says to me, if you have it, flaunt it. I was shaking when I walked away. And I see that today too, that the statement, if you have it, flaunt the idiots. If you have money, pin up all the money. My, they tell the story about my grandfather that the first time my Zayden made money when he go, he got a raise. He pinned the bills on him when he came home. He showed his wife, Baruch Hashem, he got a raise. That's not, but respect. God forbid, not, not to seduce to wreck. And look at the problems we have. In the Mishpacha world I'm talking, not just our world, more there than our world actually. Sexual problems. Raise healthy children. Kedoshim to you. Kikadoshim Yashem Alright, anyway. Then we came into this whole question of Tzniyat. And the I, I was shaking when I there's the Tonle Rebbe's grandson who listens to the Sherm. He should live and be well and be matzliach and, and he has to have an operation. Everything should go kishurah l'refuah So I told him he's going to shake when he hears this because he remembers Philadelphia the same way I do. And Logan and South Philly before Logan can you go in a group, sneers, announcing, organizing a woman, a sign-up? Wow, what a question. All right, we just scratched the surface. We're going to see unbelievable. The first tomorrow we quote next week, the implications are unbelievable. But uh, this is the Ramah and the Mahumah and the side coming. Ashkenazim in Israel and Eidot HaMizrach in Israel. Wow. Something to be said for both sides of the coin. I want to, first of all, any questions from the erudite gentleman sitting in front of me. I want to thank you for coming because if I have three students here, I walk out stronger. I don't know. It's more of a strain when I look at all the wonderful people on, on the screen. Yes, Norm? So, two stories that um, we talked about perception. I was once coming with a, a it was a Chabadnik, uh, we were doing Ashkaka, and we had to rent a car. And here was a bright red Miata to drive. We were having a great time driving. Coming to Atlanta, go to a company, the, uh, the uh, uh, plant manager is outside having a smoke. He says, oh, the Playboy Rabbi is here. The Playboy Rabbi. Every time I came to that company afterwards, they would always say, the Playboy Rabbi is here. Uh, Hashem. told me I'm having perception. Uh, right, right. The other thing is, you have no idea what it was like in New York when you had the son of Sam. When people right, right, 1977. Sam Berkowitz. Right, and the thing is, 
and he wasn't Jewish. You know that right. his mother was not Jewish. The thing is going to mikvah. Right. Had a whole system how to go and how to know when your wife was coming out and not another woman because guys would park on the side there. Right. Right. Because uh, they didn't want the, the whole thing. Right. right. There's right. a whole system going around. How right. To do it. Right. You should know, that was my first time back in America. The government sent me, and I came in right at the height of that scare. People were shaking. What became of him? He, he, he was not executed. No, he was in prison. Did he, did he get out, or did he die in prison? I think he died in prison. Died in prison. Wow, wow. And it was a Chilo Hashem, the name Berkowitz. Berkowitz. Okay, Yomo. I open it up. Let's see if there are any comments around the world. Kanain uh, Hara. Uh, Mark, are you still awake? Uh, sort of. Okay. Uh, one, one second. I got to tell Mark a story. Yeah. Recording stopped. Yeah. Mark, I got to tell you a story. You won't believe this. You, you gave me the book in memory of Rav, Rav Gedalia Schwartz, right? Yeah. Then another book came in here, no one knew who it was, and you called Rabbi Mark Dratch, and he said, give it to your Rebbe, give it to me, our Rebbe, his Rebbe, your Rebbe. You gave it to me, we gave it to Rabbi Betnash. I get yeah. a notice from the post office, you, you have a package to pick up. I go to the post office, I, I don't want to waste time, and all right, Baruch Hashem, I have that over 80, I don't have to stand online, they explain to me what to do, you get a number, but you, t you, 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 you punch in that you, you don't have to wait there so you get called quicker. What do you think the package was? RCA, the book, and now have a third copy, I'll have to figure out who to give it to. But Baruch Hashem, I've never gotten the tradition for over two years already. I'm ashamed to call Rabbi Dratch and say, Mark, send it to me, what's happening? And the book somehow got through. I got a copy, a third copy. But it's a very fascinating volume, a very important volume. And if anyone sitting in front of me wants the copy, I'll be happy to give it to you. Just let me know. Okay. Are there any? Rabbi, I, I think. Were you, were you looking for the uh, Cape Cod? What's the name of that area? Cape Cod. Yeah, Cape Cod. That's right. That's right. Hyannis Port, and what I refer to the Rav and the Cape Cod's general area. And uh, I'll tell you the story. Uh, it was Rabarin Lichtenstein. Everyone knows the story with Rabarin the Rav. I thought I knew secrets. And, uh, and, and they tell, and Aaron, he sees, they're going swimming, and Aaron says, I don't feel well. And the rough tells, don't, don't give me these stories. Get your bathing suit on and come swimming. All right, he put his bathing suit on and went swimming. But the answer is, sneers. That is the answer. And believe me, I, I know, you talk about uh, weddings, I once asked, Rabbi Ruchim Gerelik, if I'm not mistaken. How did they sit it? You know, it was beginning already the 19, uh, late 50s, uh, mid 50s, separate seating. How did, how did they sit in Europe? He says, family seating. Alle Mishpachis zusammen. There was no mixed seating. No separate seating. It was mixed seating with family. Later, I heard the same term 
when Agudat Yisrael uh, started shaking of the Litvisher, I don't want to mention names, Litvish versus Chassidus, so Rabbi Moshe Shera, my dear friend, was very smart. When you signed up for the Agudat Convention, you were asked, Friday Shabbos, how do you want to sit? Separate seating or family seating? And that's the way they solved the problem they had. It's like a conservative temple. Mixed seating, separate seating. There were temples like that that had men on one side, women, and mixed seating next to the women. Not next to the men, next to the women. I know women who complain, why did they put the mixed seating next to me? But okay, uh, that's exactly the answer. And if you ask me if I'm in favor of mixed swimming today, absolutely not. Absolutely not. A uh, hundred years ago, women addressed nearly. You walk on the street with the same women. Uh, and uh, Halavai, they would be dressed like that today on the streets of Jerusalem. Allah had come of a come the streets of Tel Aviv, the way they went swimming in 1902. Okay, are there any other comments or questions? <coughs> yes, um, Rabbi Rakef, this is Mayor Winter. Um, you mentioned earlier about the Frankish Empire, the Yiddish term for for Germany is Frankreich. Right, I know that, that I know. Oh, okay. but, but this was under Turkey, evidently had some interconnection there, because uh, uh, the Hamid is bemoan the fact that in that part of the empire, they gain vigoyim, clean shaven, etc., etc. Mayor Winter, you say your name? Yes. Do you relate to the Winter family that was in my congregation in Maplewood? No, but um, I used to down by Rav Bick, and I saw you every summer. Uh -huh. Not with uh -huh. I drove you around one summer also, I don't know. Uh -huh. One second, one second, one second. I, I, I know, okay, now I know. One second. And are you living here, or you're you're listening from Brooklyn? I'm listening from Tom's River, New Jersey. Tom's River, New Jersey. I vain. Used to be bar, formerly Bar Park, but now. Well, and where's Tom, where's Tom's River located? It's I call it Five Towns South with a Lakewood <laughs> crowd. It's a hop, skip, and a jump. It's it borders on Lakewood. Oh, it borders it's, on Lakewood. Okay. Yeah, okay. Lakewood, Jackson. You know, hey, a bunch of other hey, little bunch. towns. All right, Lakewood is unbelievable what Rebaran began there. But be aware, Rebaran's yeshiva doesn't exist today. You understand what I'm saying? No. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, I have five uh, daughters, married daughters living over here in Lakewood. Uh, so. Hey, Vante, I have a lot of That's friends in Lakewood, a lot of Talmidim. And, uh, but the people, you know, time has moved on. You can't have a yeshiva with so many thousands. There's no focal figure. Rabarin, when I learned in Lakewood, Rabarin was Lakewood and Lakewood was Rabarin, or the Bechtanishkavoa, put it whichever way you want. But there was a focal influence. Today I have a lot of Talmudim in Lakewood. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if Rabarin would be happy. Lakewood guys. Yeshiva is not the main, uh, the main power over here anymore. It's right. really Balabatim. Right, right, right. Working people. Right, right. All right, Baruch Hashem. Uh, yeah. Lakewood should spill over. To Israel, that's uh, that's yeah. what we need. Okay. We need you and uh, everyone. It's a it's a we want it to be a Jewish democracy here. I'm waiting to see. I have to be honest with you. 
I'm waiting to see how the vote will go on the bill to outlaw Hametz in the hospitals. I cannot believe that guns raised in Satma, Munkach, raised here by Rav Chaim Drukman, that he will vote against it. His party, their Chavrei Knesset, Shreim Torah Mitzvah, that are with guns, they're going to vote against it? All right. The, the, uh, I, I'm, I'm waiting to see. Lieberman, Lieberman is uh, a sphinx. I mean, it's a tremendous puzzle. Here's a man who, uh, his wife is Shomeret Mitzvah, his children are Shomeret, Shomrei Mitzvah, some of them are on the borderline of Haredim, and, and, and this is Lieberman, right? But who'll vote? Who'll vote to Chaza? Who'll vote to, to attract votes from the Goyim that are coming in? Okay, I can understand it. I'm, I'm curious, it'll be interesting to see Yair uh, Lapid. You know, he descends from Gedolei Yisrael, from Mungadosh the Grester Abonim in Hungary. But it'll be interesting to see if, and his wife is Anur Einikul of Ravamia, and she boasts about it, and she went to an... Uh, they they all the women the Balakshuva, she was there a number of months ago I'm, I'm waiting to see how he will vote because is he going to just give himself a portrait of total anti-Judaism or on Hametz that if God forbid we have to go into the hospital from Jews in a Jewish state shouldn't be worried that there'll be Hametz next in the bed next to him I'm curious. All right, Nikhyevinira, we'll see. Jack, I want to tell you, I'm very appreciative of what you told me that Vavavram Abba Weingart agreed with me. So it shows you that yours truly has a good understanding of the Sri Deyesh. That he understands the Sri Deyesh. It's no shyly grew up in the Sri Deyesh's lap, it's his, it's his father. But that yours truly, who never met the Sri Deyesh, Baruch Hashem. I have an understanding of the Sri Deyesh. Also, be aware that I, I, I sent an email to America this morning on the talk at Stern College. That's an interesting talk. I would love to hear it because it's when Rakefet was a little boy, 1999, I think it is. Let's see if we can get hold of it and put it on the computer. Uh, let's see what we're answered. All right, I, I, tomorrow morning I have to tell you in advance I wouldn't miss the shear for all the chametz that you can now eat, buying it at Rami Levi or Osharad. It's uh, a continuation of the Sri Deyesh, and then we move beyond him. We move into Rabbi Bina, but wow, a world to be done until we actually hit the first yeshiva we will talk about in depth. My dear students, thank you so much for your participation, and for those of you who have stayed up all night, I, uh, I question the, your sanity, because you can hear this year on whyutorah.org, but nevertheless, I welcome your faces with pride, dignity, and understanding. Until we meet in health and happiness, das vidanya.